crawl under your couch, lower your blinds, lock your doors. You all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Yeah. Albert Shivers. The Matrix doesn't happen. That's very true. Come along quietly or not. Night. Goodbye, as I by the top to bride. From Albert The mistress of the fading light. They don't have like it. They're trying to put a caravan. The general concept is that creativity flourishes in an in a atmosphere of freedom. This is WEVD in New York. It's swing time. It's, it's uh, 2.07. It's cloudy and 62 degrees outside coming up on 2.08. Well, let's take a call. Hello, Fung Moms. Do you deliver? Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I am and always will be Albert Shivers, and this is going to be the first podcast of October where we're going to start to drift towards some Halloween-y, fun, spooky topics. Before we get to the guest, who I am very excited about, Adi Bo, who is the creator behind the YouTube and Patreon channel, Obsolete Oddities. He does great documentaries and abandoned building exploration, urbex type stuff. Getting in touch with him was cool, and I'll explain a little bit more of that as we go. But first and foremost, Planet Shivers has its first contest winner. The secret word contest that exists for each episode. Our first winner was Kaylee Woods, who got the secret word in our last episode with artist Laura LaPay. So congratulations to Kaylee. Her prizes are in the mail, and it's exciting to finally have a winner. The secret word for this episode is macabre. You heard me right, macabre. Or as we say on Staten Island, Macabre. Anyway, once you hear the word in the episode of the podcast, timestamp it on the YouTube version of Planet Shivers. The first person with the correct timestamp wins the secret prize. So good luck on that. This is such a short episode. It really shouldn't be that hard. Find the secret word, will you? Imagine that. You had to leave your room. In other big news, finally, thanks to a lot of people, but most recently my buddy Dave out there in Colorado, because I finally have set up a Etsy shop for my artwork. It's going to be a combination of many varieties of different prints, as well as some select originals, most likely small pieces. And as we get going, maybe I'll venture into wanting to selling larger pieces and, and deal with all that stuff uh, but you'll be able to find lots of different uh, prints as time goes i just put a big order in and they should be here any any day now so i want to tell you a little bit about the guest for this episode again creator of the obsolete oddity youtube page as well as his patreon page which he posts a lot on as well he is all the way in switzerland and didn't really have the time to do a Zoom or to do a traditional style of interview. But he still wanted to do the show. I still wanted to have him on the show. So this is how it worked. I wrote out a list of questions, emailed them to him. 
he recorded his answers to those questions and emailed them back to me. So this isn't going to be the typical type of podcast that you're used to if you've been listening for 107 episodes. Uh, He gave some great answers. I was finally excited to hear back from him. We actually did this correspondence in August, and I felt it was a fun idea with his blessing to hold these recordings until October to start off the Halloween season. I'm a little bit behind on what I wanted to be, but who cares? Here we are. doesn't matter. He tells a lot um, of old spooky stories, uh, odd old stories. It's in the name. And does really a tremendous job making his documentaries. I definitely, definitely urge you go to his YouTube channel. Check out some of his documentaries. There's short ones. There's longer ones. They're all very interesting. And if you like his work enough, you can go to his Patreon page. Subscribe for a couple of bucks. And not only get the videos long before they're released on YouTube. But you'll get different versions and as well as just lots more content and you'll help support another fellow creative out there so please go check out his channel check out his pages go support him he's doing a lot of good work and i'd love for him to be able to keep going with what he enjoys to do before we get to the interview i also have a quick story to tell you after this message Elvira here, mistress of the dark and sometimes surfer babe, and the party's at the beach, Malibu Beach, where you can hang ten. Look, Frankie and Annette. Happy Halloween, dude. And now a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. All right, everybody, here's my story. I figured, being that this is a podcast that's going to be on the shorter side, I'd hit you with one of my own kind of stories that happened right here in this apartment, all right? So probably back, like, I'm going to say 2016 or maybe 15, I come home from Scranton, hanging out there that particular day. I want to say it was a Wednesday, maybe. Come home, it's like 2, it's after 2.30, close to 3 o'clock. I come home take the jacket off, kick the boots off. Um, I remember plopping on the couch for a little bit, looking through the phone, being brain dead. Then I get up to use the bathroom. Now, it doesn't matter what goes on in the bathroom, but what I have to tell you is, a little backstory, my father and I and my younger sister to a degree all have a little bit of significance with the number 318 okay this was my father's badge number in the fire department and whether or not that number presents itself to us more often or we just notice it because we know the number so it sticks with us based on looking at the clock and it being 432 or 618 we recognize 318 as a personal type number and we remember it so It seems as though 318 presents itself to us very often. But to try to be logical and not be too hocus pocus about it, we also really do notice it as well. With that said, we go back to my apartment in 2016-15. I come out of the bathroom and directly when you walk out my bathroom door, there's my stove with the digital clock. I walk out, 
I see the clock. By that point, I look at it. Oh, it says 318. And I'd say that in my head. I laugh to myself. Go up. There it is, 318. And I then turn the corner into my living room. And I see a figure. It's a very shadowy figure. Very triangular shaped. But the shape of a woman. Like a vague shape of a woman. But with this, everything is gray. Everything is... Um, like very streaky shades of gray, almost like you drew what I'm seeing with a pencil, pressing very hard, but still having lighter gray streaks in it. There was no face. On the head was like a very large brimmed hat, like a cowboy hat, but floppy, like a Panama hat, but a longer brim. But the head was looking down so all i seen was that up the like from the bottom of the nose down vaguely everything was vague from the bottom of the nose down and then the brim of the hat with the hat pointed more downward i react i jump back a little bit like it's you know getting adrenaline hit and as that adrenaline hit that nervousness spikes those nerves spike, it disappears. So what I had seen probably lasted maybe one solid second or a second and a half. And it wasn't like I turned the corner and it appeared. I do remember like it being, I mean, we're talking split seconds here, folks. I remember it being in the corner of my eye and then turning and really seeing it. So that that was my that was really my first ever real like, oh my god, holy shit, I seen something. And it stuck with me. It stuck with me for a while. I mean, I don't remember how I slept that night or what happened, but it's it's still very vivid in my memory to this day. And it wouldn't be the last time I would end up seeing something like that. You know, if I were to, I'm just thinking of this now, but if I were to make a timeline out of it, I started to see more things after that than I ever seen before that. I couldn't tell you anything that I've seen before that that I felt confident about. Maybe what I had seen in the doorway into my living room or, yeah, coming into my living room opened up my perception opened up my willingness to see things or admit that I've seen things maybe I maybe I brushed a lot of things off in the past I really couldn't tell you but there have been other incidents before um I can tell you that and this is something I want we might have covered it but the next time Jillian is over here and she's on we have to have to really like purposely talk about the fact before I lived where I live now two two places before that actually I li- I shared an apartment with Jillian and we were both convinced that it was haunted in an emotional kind of way where we were very good friends when we moved in and we are great friends now but when we were in that apartment we wanted to rip each other's heads off we purposely would avoid each other. Like we hated. I don't. I don't want to say hated, but you know, we we were we were at odds big time. We were at odds, 
And that that was more of a feeling. Now, I hated being there so much that I would just go spend a lot of time with my folks or at the time spend a lot of time in New York with with people. And I wasn't there very often. Jillian has said that she's heard things, she's had she heard breathing, possibly talking. So I experienced that, but I never really seen anything until this particular Wednesday night from Scranton, way back again, 15 or 16. I actually, now that I think about it, I'm thinking more 15, now that I think about it. Um, one thing I can say though, and again, going back to the emotion and the feeling, is that I never felt alone in this apartment. I'm not blaming the apartment. There could be all kinds of spooks attached to me. You don't know. I, that would not surprise me. With all my past and all the things, that, which is the stories for another day, but with all that I've experienced, I really wouldn't be surprised if some ghosts hissed their wagon to me. I really wouldn't be surprised at all. But I don't want to rant and rave too much longer. I just wanted to share that story with you guys and also take the opportunity to plug what will be the next episode of the Planet Shivers podcast where I sat down with all the friends of the podcast. You're going to hear <laughs> some classic voices. Um, Don Wilson is back. His partner, Mary. Isaac is back. Kyle's back. Sean's back. Um, Mike and his wife, Renee, makes her first appearance on the podcast after 108 episodes. What took you so long, Renee? So that's going to be a lot of fun. And again, more in the spirit of autumn and Halloween. I had a lot of Halloween plans that kind of got away from me this this season. Um, so I might make the beginning of November a little spooky too. Because there's we've had a lot of good ideas for the show. And I don't really want to have to then wait until next October. Because who knows what life will be like then. Rather get it out and have you guys hear it now. So stay tuned to the podcast. Look out for the next couple episodes because we got some spooky ones for you. And hopefully I can get another one. Hopefully 109 could shoot right out to you guys. And there'll be like two bang bang right in a row. That would be that would make me very happy if I, if I could do that. But we'll see. Time. You can't grab it. You can't slow it down. So now, without any more further uh, mishigas... Here's my car or my questions and answers with the YouTuber and Patreon creator, Adi Bo. We're just here for a few minutes, then we're going to Shivers. So how we're going to do this is I'm going to tell you the question that I had sent to Adi, and then I'm going to put his response right after it, so I'll be bopping in and out. The first question I asked him is how long he's been interested in spooky and strange history. Well, Albert, I've been interested in macabre history since I was a child. My sisters had an extensive horror paperback library of which I would sneakily read from a young age. This inspired my interest in history, horror, and things that go bump in the night. My next question for him was when he felt strongly enough about all this to go ahead and create his own YouTube channel. I created my channel in 2010, although at the time I had several channels and all had a different character as the theme. 
the obsolete oddity channel appeared to inspire people's interest more than others, as I started posting videos on it. The others were just theme accounts, which were quite popular pre-Google days. When I first started, I was just posting random videos of things that interested me or I thought were eccentric slash funny. The first of my videos that went viral was Paris Apartment Unlocked After 70 Years. The video was very crudely done and I didn't really understand video editing at the time. Nevertheless, it proved to be an immense hit. And one must remember at the time over 1 million views was a lot. Now that YouTube has grown, that is not such a significant number. A lot of other YouTubers also started covering that story. So I thought maybe I can go further. At the time, I wasn't even entertaining the thought of earning money on Google or the internet. It just wasn't something that occurred to me. I already had my own business, which I still have to this day. So someone suggested it to me and I thought, well, why not? Then I applied for a YouTube partnership. Back then you had to have a certain amount of subscribers. I can't remember how much it was, but I did, got accepted. And from there on, I thought, well, this is not bad. I can treat this as a hobby and earn some money on the side. That was, of course, pre-ad apocalypse days when you could actually earn some money on YouTube. It has become increasingly difficult. In fact, it's a nightmare, which is why I'd eventually moved my content to Patreon and then it gets posted to YouTube in two years. YouTube just wasn't worth my while anymore. So I started to take it more seriously. That is when I decided to get better editing software and sat down and started learning it. It was basically a learn-as-you-go process, just adding skills every time I made a video. That process continues today. The next question I had for him was, of the stories that he shared on his channel and in his documentaries, what might have been one he enjoyed telling? What might have been one that was very hard to tell? You know, a lot of his stories get into some deep, dark shit there. So maybe certain topics were harder for him than others. And uh, let's hear him talk about that. I would say the video I enjoyed the most creating was the French socialite locked in an attic for 25 years. This was one of the first times where I started getting creative with the storyline and visuals. Although the first version I did of that was silent, I wasn't doing narrated videos at that time, but since then I have a narrated version of the same video and a podcast version. The story that was hardest to tell was of Albert Fish. Just a mindset that not many of us want to enter and explore. So if you don't know, Albert Fish was a serial killer who uh, slain children and he was also a cannibal so he killed them and he ate them and he wrote very detailed letters and notes about the whole process and you could if you really want to you could look all that up one interesting thing he he was responsible for the name the boogeyman that's where that whole thing came from to scare kids and also he was known as the gray man and that's because there was a woman during while Albert Fish was being followed by the police. There was a woman who'd said she had seen him. And when asked by the police to describe him, she said he was both gray in appearance and demeanor. Then the police said, well, poetic, but not helpful. The next question I had for this gentleman was basically about what attracts him to the abandoned buildings and that kind of thing. 
Well, I have been exploring abandoned buildings since I was a little kid in Australia. It was a highlight for me. Also car graveyards. I just had a natural affinity for abandoned things and decay. Also a lifelong love of antiques and vintage items. There's been a few buildings that have really stood out for me. But I would say the abandoned hotel in the Black Forest, Germany was an absolutely amazing experience. If you haven't seen the two-part video, I would strongly suggest it. Abandoned buildings are not such a big thing on my channel anymore because now I live in Switzerland and finding abandoned buildings is really difficult because as soon as a property becomes vacant it gets snapped up and either is renovated or gets demolished so they can build units. So really hard. Often when I travel over to France or Germany that's where I will find abandoned buildings. But it's not a regular thing for me nowadays. And lastly, I asked where the folks can find them. Well, Albert, people can find my channel by the link, which you will surely provide. Or they can just put in their browser the search term Obsolete Oddity and YouTube, and it will come up. I have also been on Patreon since 2017 and upload very regularly there. And that's it, and that's that, folks. That was another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this one. It was a short one, but every once in a while, you got to throw a short one out there. We try to hook some new people. They listen to this, then maybe they won't want to give an hour. You never, never know. Thanks again for listening. Thanks big time to Adi Bo for coming on the show all the way from Switzerland, and I believe that's the furthest away of a guest we've had up to this point, so that's pretty cool. Um, the spooky ones are going to keep coming to the best of my ability, so stay tuned to the podcast. Don't forget to find out what else I'm up to on Instagram at Albert Shivers and www.albertshivers.com. And now on Etsy, the Shivers Artery. I'm going to be throwing lots of prints and originals up there for you to check out. Until next time, I just smacked the lamp. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else.